Here's an honest question. How are you supposed to know what to do with your money? Very few of us are exposed to meaningful advice on how to manage our finances. Even fewer have the means to get professional financial guidance. Betterment is a platform that was built to do something radical, to give accessible financial advice that puts you first. If you're like most Americans, your money is probably sitting in a savings account, likely earning you next to nothing. Maybe you have an investment account that you're not really sure what to do with. Betterment can help you make sense of what to do with your money. Investing involves risk, but you don't have to know the ins and the outs of the stock market to start investing for your future. Betterment's technology will put your money to work choosing the stocks and strategies that are right for you because we know you have other things to do. Betterment's platform can even provide guidance on what financial goals make sense for you. Give your money a new home with Betterment, peace of mind included. Download the Betterment app today. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-M-E-N-T for the betterment of you. everybody and welcome to the atheist experience i'm your host russell glasser with me today is tracy harris Hi. how are you good thank you today is sunday december 4th 2016 we're a live call-in internet tv show broadcasting from austin texas dedicated to promoting positive atheism and the separation of church and state you can catch us live every Sunday on YouTube or Ustream.tv. The official Atheist Experience website is www.atheist-experience.com. You can provide feedback by commenting on the official show blog at freethoughtblogs.com slash AXP, or you can email us at tv at atheist-community.org, or you can join the Atheist Experience official discussion group on Facebook. If you enjoyed this show, please check out our related podcast, The Nonprofits, currently airing on the first and third Wednesdays of the month. You can find links at the Atheist Experience website, and the next nonprofits will be recorded this Wednesday, December 7th. As always, the cast and crew of the Atheist Experience will be going to dinner after the show at Star of India at 2900 West Anderson Lane. We're going to be arriving around 6.15 or so. We'll see you there. I have a few additional announcements to make. Uh, I just want to remind everybody that there is going to be no show on the Sunday, which is Christmas Day. And there's also going to be no show the following Sunday, which is New Year's Day. Uh, some of us have lives and better things to do. <laughs> um, sorry, but you can get your entertainment the other 50 weeks. Yeah, and the crew deserves a break. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. So I am, uh, like, remote appearance alert. Uh, next weekend, I'm going on... Uh, business slash fun to Las Vegas with my wife. 
and we're going to be around through Monday, and I've arranged to get together with the Secular Student Alliance uh, locally at a Jason's Deli there. So if you want more information about uh, where and when we'll be, uh, that's going to be next Monday, which is the uh, 12th. And you can probably look up the Las Vegas Secular Student Alliance and maybe ask somebody who's there, or I will try to post a link on the blog, and you can check that out. Uh, and I want to make uh, another announcement on behalf of one of our members, um, Atheists Helping the Homeless, which we uh, have a local chapter of. They also have two chapters in the state of Tennessee, and there's going to be some volunteers from both of them who are getting together uh, on Saturday in Gatlinburg to do a giveaway there uh, to, for folks who have apparently been affected by some big fires in the area. And they need some donations in the next five days, and they need some volunteers. And conveniently, at the bottom of your screen right now, there is a link to their Facebook group so that you can get more information from them. And for people who are listening on podcast, uh, that is at, uh, let's see, you can message them at facebook.com slash A-H-H Chattanooga. That's two T's and two O's and one of everything else. Uh, and there was another address I saw a minute ago. There it is, facebook.com slash A-H-H-N 2016. So uh, check them out. They're a good group. And that's all I have for now. That's What's plenty. Up with you? Yeah. That's not much. My life is always just sort of going along. Oh. <laughs> you, <laughs> surely you live a wild and crazy life, Tracy. Uh, no. Alas, it's just boring. <laughs> but I like it boring, so it works for me. Yep. <laughs> so I do have a little bit of a topic um, today. We I posted to the blog, so um, part of the open thread for today's show that you can uh, post to comment on includes the topic. Um, it's not really anything new. I think it's just a, a few ideas that I finally sort of put together in my head um, that were all sort of disjointed thoughts that I've had or maybe even expressed. And then when, when I put them together, it was sort of like, oh, this is a different way to look at it that I hadn't actually looked at it before. Um, I noticed on a mutual friend's thread that we she posts a lot about um, strange religious ideas and concepts on reproductive rights. Mm-hmm. And I noticed a, <laughs> a very common uh, problem that kept coming up was that the those weird religious, like uh, fundamentalist comments about sex and sexuality and reproduction and relationships, all people in the threads kept pointing out that it's almost like they don't understand consent. It's almost like they don't understand agency. It's almost you know it's like they don't get this. And I was like, yeah, it's it's very. I've said before, it's it's a very dehumanizing religion at its core. Mm-hmm. And again, this is when you take it from a fundamentalist standpoint. I understand there are a lot of liberal Christians who don't really look at the theology in in depth. And so they're sort of looking at it as just a do-good sort of social network, which this is not what I'm talking about. I'm mm-hmm. talking about the people who get very, very deeply into the theology, who understand things about the idea of um, creationism, the idea that's behind, uh, you know, original sin, people that get really into the theology of it, they have this weird 
dehumanizing view of people as wicked and evil inherently, you know, either born into sin or destined to sin. Um, all of us need salvation from, you know, from what? From from hell because we deserve death and destruction because of our natures. Right. So there's this very dehumanizing uh, aspect to it that is not news uh, to anybody that's watched the show. You've probably heard me describe that. But one thing I yeah. thought of was... I mean, I, 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 that is the marketing pitch is basically uh, you're a terrible person no matter how good you uh, think you are. <laughs> no matter how good you are by human right. standards, you know, you've yeah. not lived up to God's. There's an all-powerful yeah. standard and perfectly good. And, uh, you know, if, if you get tortured forever, which is terrifying, mm-hmm. it's because you deserve it. Right. There's no way you can not right. deserve it, but you can still avoid it. Right. Join our religion. Right. You, you can be redeemed, <laughs> but it doesn't make you worthy. It makes you purchased back, right? I mean, that's what that means when you're redeemed. And so what I was thinking about was how the actual story of Eden, when you have Adam and Eve uh, in Eden in Genesis, the actual villain in the story is agency. Mm-hmm. So what happens is you have... Um, this whole concept of, of God creating human beings with free will. But then any exercise of that free will is considered to be a breach um, mm-hmm. of God's will. So if you exercise your will uh, and it's antithesis to what God has decreed, then you are, in essence, committing sin, right? That's what that means, that God, it's not what God wants. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're harming anybody, right? So you don't go to what temple on the Sabbath or whatever, and that's a sin. Mm-hmm. So these these sinful things are not necessarily hurting other people, right? So it's not like, um, I mean, so, certainly they conflate some of the sinful things with wicked things like, oh, murdering somebody or theft. But then they sort of sneak in these unharmful things and say, well, that's also a sin, like eating shellfish or, you know, having sex and you're not married or like these these are horrible, horrible sins aligned, just as bad as murdering someone. There's no differentiation. If you've done one, you're just guilty and ready to die. (laughs) So I was looking at that and I thought, isn't it weird that it was the exercise of agency, right, that that, um, Adam and Eve actually did something out of their own agency yeah. That was what condemned them to to ha- be removed from the tree of life so that eternal life was then snatched from their grasps and that they were now in danger of hellfire. Um, according, again, to theology, I understand the, the doctrine of hellfire is not really cut and dry in the Bible, but the idea uh, behind the theology is that there is this punish- punishment of some sorts. So you get this punishment for your... Um, for exercising your agency. And what's interesting mm-hmm. to me is the actual quote, you know, that idea of the God-given gift of agency is what made human beings, right? And so in, when you look at mythology, right, when yeah. you look at the myth, what it's saying is it's an explanation of human agency and humanness, mm-hmm. right? And it's saying you're not a chair. You are this thing with will. You have this will that you exercise. Right. And that's what differentiates you from objects, right? And so when you objectify a person, when you're guilty of objectification of a person, what you've done is you've disregarded their agency. And they, and they even go out of their way to make sure that uh, the separation from animals is clear. 
like oh, yeah. God made all the animals and then he slept he a day people, and then yeah. he made people because yeah. the animals weren't good enough. Yeah. And and so people are a completely separate category yeah. as much as animal from But plant. like you say in the mythology it's clearly a myth around this is this is when we talked about how you have the just so stories. This is the just mm-hmm. so story of how man got his free will. Yes. And then in getting the free will it was a crime to exercise it, right? right? That is so amazing to me because what the what the religion is actually saying then is that objectifying people is the ideal mm-hmm. and that treating people as human or acting like a human or in some way respecting other people as human and respecting agency and respecting free will is actually a sin. And that when you, unless you're willing to subjugate your will, and and deny yourself that that thing that makes you human and objectify your own self mm-hmm. you then are guilty of so many things right and we hear these lines that are thrown at people who say i but i want to do this and it doesn't hurt anybody and so i'm going to do it and you will get the retorts that oh you worship yourself then right you just want to do you just want to go and sin and not be responsible for it it's like no i'm just exercising my free will not mm-hmm. harming anybody and so I don't understand, you know, why should it be wrong? But it's wrong just to inherently be human. Like, that's what this boils down to. It is, it, it is from, from start to finish, a complete objectification of humanity and an absolute dehumanizing, like, stripping of what makes you non-object. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like you're blamed for the things that you uh, do. I mean... Which, which would be reasonable if they were things that actually cause harm. But when we're talking about the general concept of sin, like the the actual consequences or effects of the action aren't taken into account because that's sort of a, a moral philosophy called consequentialism. But uh, but the notion of sin is anything God says is bad, which being people who don't accept the notion of God in the first place, uh, people will will ask us, like, so there's no such thing as sin? And the answer is not by the way you apparently define it, because there would have to be a God. Right. Uh, now, people ask us, is there any such thing as right and wrong? The answer is still yes, but it's by a different and, we think, more reasonable standard than that. Right, and and that's that the whole idea of whether or not there would be sin, even if there was a God, you'd get into the Euthyphro dilemma, right? Where right. just because God is saying it's wrong, if you can't, if if you if you see nothing wrong with it, and if no one can see anything wrong with it, mm-hmm. then it, it then it, sin would be separate from wrong. Right, sin would be separate from harm, and mm-hmm. so then what would sin matter? Exactly. Right. Other than it's something that pisses off God, right? <laughs> like that would be what what sin would amount to is not anything wrong, not anything harmful, just just arbitrary, random things that piss off God. Some of which may be harmful, some of which may not be. Um, and and it's just a very bizarre, useless sort of concept. Right. Well, like a lot of arguments for religion, it's all about sort of redefining terms in ways that are favorable well, toward the religion. One thing that was interesting, and this, I you know, I don't mean this. Um, please don't misunderstand, because I'm sure that people understand, you know, my own position on um, the abortion issue. But whether you are pro-choice or anti-choice is irrelevant to the point I'm about to make, which is that there are some arguments that objectify the women mm-hmm. uh, in these uh, in these debates. And that was one of the things that kept coming up. 
it is so common for people that objectify human beings or objectify um, women as as well or especially uh, for them to use analogies that cast the woman in the role of property or some mm-hmm. form of object, right? Like, oh, it's like if I had a dog, like if I had a chair that you borrowed and, or if I had this piece of land that yeah. I, and it's like. Or if you left your door yeah, unlocked. And it's basically saying, you know, if we pit the unborn against something that has no rights and no agency, then why wouldn't the unborn, you know, win this battle of rights? And it's like, right. well, I think it would if women were chairs, but they're not. So that doesn't go anywhere. The moment I see somebody cast, you know, a human being in the role of an object, it shows me immediately their lack of respect for humanity, their mm-hmm. lack of respect for agency, their lack of respect um, for what makes a human human, right? It's, it's not uh, what differentiates me from this table is my agency. Right. That's why you it's it's uh, you can take an axe to the table, but you can't take an axe to me. And there's there's a problem with uh, you know enforcing and coercing um, things that have their own will. It's an especially egregious thing to do. Uh, whereas if you're enforcing your will on a table, it's not really considered a problem as long right. as it's not someone else's table, I suppose. But yeah, anyway, that was kind of the point of it. I guess I just had never really thought about the role of agency in the Eden story before. And it it it, uh, it kind of made me realize a little bit as to why I kept seeing these weird dehumanizing and odd anti-agency objectifying um, comments. And it's interesting, too, because they will claim over and over again that it is like um, non-religious society that objectifies women. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, I don't think you understand what objectification means. Right. And that was one thing that they kept talking about that was very, very um, weird, was they would take a certain action and say, they would say something, for example, like, oh, what if somebody likes to be, uh, I don't know, slapped during sex, right? <laughs> and they would say, oh, this is horrible, this is degrading, it's objectifying. And it's like, well, if somebody consents to that freely, and that's what they want... That makes all the difference in the world. You know, it's, if you're talking about an assault, that means to attack somebody that's not really consenting to it. Somebody that you are attacking that has not said, hey, this is what I want, right? Whereas, it, it's almost like when they use these arguments, I'm looking at it and I'm saying, do they not understand then that when you consent to sex, that's not rape. And when you don't consent to sex, that would be rape. And a lot of times when in their commentary, it doesn't come become clear that they understand that. Yeah. The, the concept of consent to them and the concept of agency and how that plays into when it is and not when it is and isn't okay to do something to somebody <laughs> really they are confused by that heavily because they yeah, don't understand how agency changes the scenario as people make it out to be yeah and i mean <clears throat> i would like to say it's only theists who have this problem but <laughs> well obviously... I, I don't think that it, it's necessarily just theists that have the problem but i think it mm-hmm. is a history of this type of theism that has yeah, created because, this problem in society because the religion also codifies this behavior right it, and, it doesn't just reflect this the, is what God wants. Right. It doesn't just reflect the social norms. It al- it also helps to dictate them and to maintain them. Um, that's been a role of religion in most societies for you know, since there's right. been religion is to sort of maintain this sort of status quo to be the mythology that that encompasses what the society values and what it you know how it behaves. And then the religion takes on this sort of mutual role where it, in addition to reflecting what the society values and and what the society, you know, the morals and mores are, it also dictates to them. 
Um, but it's it's an interesting thought. I don't yeah. know. I thought I thought it was interesting. That is it got some hits at the blog and, and uh, yeah, check out the freethoughtblogs.com slash now that I don't have to read if you want to weigh in on this topic. Uh, and I have a little mini rant of my own, uh, but I do want to get to callers as soon as possible. So maybe I'll just make this sort of a teaser for Wednesday's nonprofits for the people who who uh, don't regularly listen. Uh, if you're interested in this, you might consider tuning in the, uh, on Wednesday because uh, I might discuss this at more length with Jeff and Dennis. Um, so as a as an organization and as a show, we're we talk mainly about atheism, but one thing we try to promote also is general skepticism. Uh, I go around doing talks for student groups sometimes where uh, skepticism is my favorite topic uh, that isn't even necessarily all about atheism, and a lot of atheists think of themselves as pro science and. Uh, basically favor the scientific explanation of the world over faith-based explanations of the world. Um, And science has this whole methodology, which I think is very important, where uh, you don't take the word of any one particular person, uh, but... But publication is considered very important in science, and people are allowed to... Uh, crit- critique other people's work and try to reproduce uh, what their findings are. Um, but then there are organizations that recognize that science has respect in the modern world, and so they try to surround themselves with the trappings of science and, and say, well, we're a scientific group and, and we're doing real science. Uh, and anyway, uh, you know, so-called real scientists are biased anyway, and they're not objective. And so you get, like, creationists saying, oh, we all have the same facts, but we interpret it differently. And then they set up sort of shadow networks of fake science. Oh, their own little journals and things. Right, even. yeah. yeah. Um, and a lot of people claim to be skeptics when actually they are just people who don't understand how science works and, and willfully ignore a lot of evidence. Um, and this is all an elaborate analogy because what I really want to talk about right now or briefly mention the topic is fake news. (laughs) Um, and I've said this, uh, several times before, but, uh, so, the Onion is a comedy site, and I love The Onion. I think The Onion is awesome. Uh, they have a, a lot of great comedy writers, and they tell good jokes, and you, for the most part, their news stories can't be confused by any reasonable, reasonable person with a real news story. But The Onion has been running for, I don't know, at least 20 years, and a lot of imitators have popped up, and uh, many of them try to be funny but aren't good at it. Um, But some, I mean, satire is protected free speech. Satire is protected free speech, but shitty comedy (laughs) isn't something I appreciate. When I I see something like the ABCCO. Right. I don't even know what that is. Oh, ABC. If you see that CO, it's not ABC. So there are people that initially started sharing the ABC CO 
the right. URL because they thought it was ABC News. Yeah, and there are d- different degrees of this. I mean, I, I'm mildly annoyed by sites that are trying to be the onion, but their jokes aren't funny. And so a lot of the time they they just come off writing stories that are plausibly true, but happen not to be true. Yeah. And that's another thing. Bad but satire. Then, but then uh, the interesting thing is that more and more sites have found out that they can make money by straight up faking the news, by yep. writing actual lies. And they may not necessarily even have malicious intent about it. They just found uh, it's profitable because they can make a fake news site. They can print things that people want to read and share. Yeah. They can get real advertisers to come together and write, uh, uh, you know, and pay the money for eyeballs because the eyeballs are just as real whether the news happened or not. And then, and and maybe this is a big part of the problem, you get uh, popular media sites like uh, Google, which is a search engine that has a news section, and uh, Facebook, which more and more is just getting tons of mind share and people are just reading their news in part of their friends' feeds. Um, and people are seeing these articles and they're becoming more difficult to distinguish from real news. And <laughs> one reaction to this that I've seen, and I actually had a, a short Twitter conversation this week, is, oh, well, all news stories are fake. I, I mean, you know, the media, they're all biased and, and trying to get your money. I feel like that is the wrong approach to take because, yeah, everybody is subject to human fallacies and error, but there are some news store, news sources that at least try to hold themselves to some realistic journalism standards. Yeah. And there are some that actually deliberately make shit up. And it's complicated. Yeah. Uh, so... Maybe more on that Wednesday. <laughs> okay. Anything? I think it's fair. No, it's, uh, yeah, it's basically defamation. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So we're going to start with Luke in St. Louis. Hello, are you there? Hello. Hey, Luke. Thanks Hi, for holding. Hi, how are you? Hello, Russell. Hey, Tracy. Hey. Hi. How's it going today? Okay. What's Hi. on your mind? Well, I just wanted to share... A story with you and see what you think. Um, I guess for an intro, I'm a pastor's son, so I've always been in the Church of God, and something happened to me um, about eight years ago, and I really have no explanation for it, but the situation was I was living in a small two-bedroom house in North St. Louis, and This was the summer of 2008, I believe. It was June or July, and it was, I remember it was 7 a.m. in the morning, and I never get up early, so I was asleep. And the next thing I remember was just this huge uh, pounding on the door, like, bang! Like, somebody was kicking this door as hard as they could. And so... (laughs) I wake up and I'm just thinking, what's going on? Is this? At first, I thought it was my dad because he lived there in the next room. But then I remembered my dad wasn't there, and uh, so now I'm really starting to freak out because 
I have no idea who's on the other side of the store. And uh, I get up. I don't even grab my glasses. I get to the door. And when I turn the knob, it opens. There was no lock on the door. And uh, lucky for me, it was just a teenage kid robbing the house. And he ran off. Okay. And uh, my immediate thought wasn't, hey, there must have been an angel holding this door shut. But then after I got to thinking about it, uh, he got in my dad's room and stole some stuff. My dad had the same kind of door with the same knob on it, and he went right in there. So whenever he got to my room, he could not get in there no matter what. He was kicking that so hard that it should have busted the door down, but... I just never could explain um, uh, how that managed to happen. So, so well, well, wait, let, the, let him finish. I okay. Where this goes. I, th I thought we were wrapping up that one. Well, no, I, I mean, Is there more? I want to know, like, the kid was, I guess, caught and, and they questioned him? The person um, who robbed the house, was well, he questioned? We called the police. Okay. And... The police brought over some photos of different um, people in the neighborhood that matched the description. And I remember he was wearing a baseball cap, and he had short hair. So they showed me about six people they thought it might be in the area. And I chose the one that looked the most like him. But since I didn't have my glasses on, I didn't get a perfect look at him. Sure, I understand. Okay. And uh, they had some dogs sniff around, and I don't know. They had a suspect, but then a guy said that he had an alibi for that time. And okay. I don't know if they ever caught him, but oh. if he would have gotten in my room while I was asleep, he right. could have so killed me. So you're saying that the, the suspect was, ne I mean, there was never anybody prosecuted for this crime. No. There, there was never anybody identified. So we don't really know why he was kicking your door. Well, we know that he stole some stuff out of my dad's room. Yes, we do know that. But you don't know why something hit your door. You're assuming that somebody was kicking your door in an attempt to get, get in that they couldn't open the door. But we don't really have a statement from the person as to to verify that that's what, would, that's what hit your door or why, correct? Oh, well, it sounded like he was kicking it. So okay, so you've got somebody kicking a door, but we don't know why. Right. Okay. That seems like a pretty dumb behavior for somebody who's robbing the house. He could be vandalizing it as well. I don't know. I, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's like, I, mean, I, I have no idea. I this is a teenager. Had, but he didn't get caught, so I guess. What I'm saying is you, you heard something outside of your door that you assume was someone kicking the door, and you assume it was someone trying to get in, but we really don't have the person to to ask if that's really what, oh, what was going on with your I door. I don't think that's an unreasonable assumption. I didn't say it was I an unreasonable get, assumption. I'm I want to get back to assumption. the part where you seem to imply that you thought an angel held your door closed. Well, I understand why he thinks oh, that. Well, if someone's trying well, to get in and the door has no lock and the door opens well, easily yeah, and it's but the I same mean, the door. The angel didn't stop the house from getting robbed and he didn't stop the dad <laughs> so, from... Okay, I, so he's I saying... Mean, what, what was this angel... <laughs> What was I his game plan, is what I'm wondering. <laughs> if he was going to well, hold the door open, thought... closed, wouldn't he hold the door to your house closed in the first place so you don't get robbed? 
Oh, no, that's not what happened. The robber came into the basement and busted the window to get in there. Well, maybe the angel could have reinforced yeah. the window somehow. <laughs> we did do that afterwards. We put bars on the windows. Like, well, I'm, no, but do you understand but, uh, what Russell is asking? I mean, yeah. this this isn't very good help. It's not good angelin. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like kind of lazy angelin. Um, it, it's... The the angel basically fell down when it came to letting somebody rob your house. I mean, I'm joking around a little because I don't <laughs> well, see anything about your story to make me even start to guess that there was an angel well, involved. And, of course, that the other question is, is if, if the door didn't open, we would have no idea if it was an angel holding it shut or why. Yeah, but, I, 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 mean, I mean, I can't even get to a point where I know what the sound was that you heard outside the door. Right. And I mean, maybe the door was just stuck, or maybe the teenager was dumb and did and thought the door was stuck. I don't know. Well, I did. I did angels would would be really, would really low on the list it. of explanations. Well, sometimes in robberies, in. there's a lot of mayhem. People yeah. don't always go in and just nicely open your drawers and like you know. So there's a lot of stuff that gets thrown around during right. a robbery, and I'm just if saying it, things hitting a door might not anything, necessarily be kicks. I'd say that I mean, if there were angels involved, I'd say they were certainly helpful to the kid in getting away because it doesn't yeah. sound like they were a very competent robber. And when you first so. <laughs> wake up, that's the other thing. Anytime somebody says I, I was awakened, you know, you're not really thinking clearly. You're you're he- you're still fuzzy headed when you wake up, and this. Banging could have been all kinds of things. It might not have even been against. I mean, were there was there damage to your door? Was there evidence uh, no, of a I kick to the door? That, I didn't see that there was damage to the door, but the door worked perfectly fine. Right, but I mean, could the could the noise have been something else and not been kicking against your door? Could it have been something that sounded like be, your door being kicked and your door wasn't being kicked? I mean, my interior doors where I used to live and the interior doors where I live now, if you kicked at them you would at least get a hole in it, even if the door didn't open. Because I've accidentally put holes in my doors before for the interior doors. I don't know, you might have had pretty heavy interior doors, but it would seem like you'd have a boot print or something on the door if someone was kicking it, even if it didn't open. Right. I didn't really... My main concern wasn't the damage to the door right then, so I didn't... um, I tried it, and it worked after he was there, and it worked before he was there. It never had any problems getting stuck before that, so... Based on all the other people that knocked on the door, this sounded exactly like that, except for much louder. So, well, I, I mean, mean but I've been, I've heard things yeah. before that sounded like something, and then I find out it's something else. Have you ever had that experience where you hear yeah, a I thing mean, and I, you think, "Oh, that's this or that," and then you go and you look and you're like, "Oh, it, no, it's this other thing," but it sounds just like that. That is true. I heard somebody raking leaves outside my window before, yeah. and I thought it sounded like somebody, like coasting along in the house with I think, yeah, when, gin- when wind goes through a ginkgo tree, I think I, it sounds like water to me, like running water. When, yeah. So, I mean... This sound was pretty unmistakable, so... Yeah, you were, you weren't awake. Where, uh, I mean, you were you had just you had just come out of a sleep, though. I mean, it's not like you were at your heightened sensibilities here. And, I mean, even if the story happened exactly the way you told it and the kid was knocking really loudly on the door or kicking the door really loudly for whatever reason. Again, 
Angels is super low on the list of possible explanations that I would consider in asking why he didn't get in. Like, there is absolutely nothing in your story. He could have had his arms full and been trying to kick a door in and just, you know, not been able to grab the knob and then just ran out with it. I mean, I don't know. He's like, I've seen all these movies where cops kick in doors. It looks cool. I'm going to try it. The problem is, it didn't work. The problem is, I have no idea what was actually going on on the other side of that door. Yeah. Oh, well. I didn't hear anything whenever he got into my dad's store, so that's why um, I assumed he was able to open that silently. Probably was. And he wised up and dropped himself. <laughs> but he didn't have anything in his hands when I opened the door. He was just standing there. Okay. So you saw, okay. Yeah, you did say you got to look at the kid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway. Um, he didn't steal any of my stuff, so the angel stopped him from doing that. At least okay, but the angel work. let him rob your dad because he didn't care about your dad, who's a preacher, huh? <laughs> Yeah. Like Tracy said, well, bad angeling. <laughs> wasn't a total loss. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for sharing. All we're right. We're going to go to the next call. I'm going to say when you're omnipotent, you should be able to do better than not a total loss. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, <laughs> it should be just raging victory every time. Right. Well, <laughs> I don't know. People believe what they want to believe. Uh, Al in Scotland. Hello, Russell. How are you doing? Hello. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Yeah, sorry. It's just I had to switch calls there onto my mobile because my cordless phone died the battery. Okay. Yeah. The reason I'm calling, um, I was explaining to your producer, I want to play devil's advocate, if you don't mind, for a couple of uh, minutes on some of the points that you've put across. Just to give me my history concerning your show. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I, we need your personal history about the show, if it's going to take a few minutes. I'd rather you well, get to your question soon. Well, basically, I want to play devil's advocate, because I've noticed over a couple of your videos that I've seen over the last week, dating from 2006 to date, mm-hmm. where you use some analogies that I have big problems with. For instance... Um, there was one I seen, I think it was from 2008, where you were discussing with one of your callers the relevance between the Bible being a book and, for instance, you use a lot of the time Harry Potter. Sure. Sounds like yeah. me. Yeah. Don't you think, but Harry Potter does not mention in any way that it's a form of religion, that you should take up the teachings of Harry Potter and put them into your own personal life. Do you not think a better analogy would be, for instance, picking up a copy of the Quran? or the Torah, and put name in the same rather than just picking pointless books of fiction. I mean, it can be a better analogy. Uh, I use different analogies at different times, and I certainly have compared the Bible to the Quran, but I don't think you can completely discount the the connection between one, uh, what I consider completely fictional book, and another one. Uh, I have a I have a point to make yeah. about this. Okay. I, I have heard the same thing about um, when it comes to comparing gods to things like fairies or gremlins and mm-hmm. people saying, why don't you compare them to other gods? And the reason that I will use something that is, you know, broadly uh, disbelieved is because I'm trying to get the person on the other side of the conversation to view the thing that they, to see what it's like for me. 
So when it, when I use another god, they still have this idea of people believing in this false god. But when I use right. fairies, and, and that's they're, something... They're likely to say, oh yeah, Muslims believe in the same god, yeah, but they just but interpret him so differently. So when you give them blah, blah, something blah. that they just absolutely do not believe in, now they're sitting in my chair, and now yeah. they're understanding how I'm viewing their god. And this is why it offends them many times, but but it's also the only way I know to get them to understand that I don't view your God as like even potentially, uh, you know, slightly plausible. Yeah. And I don't, I don't uh, see it as being uh, a distortion of something real, or I just see it as, as this made up mythological thing that, you know, and if they, if I want them to understand that I have to choose something that they will clearly see as fabricated. Yeah. Well, good point. Um, my second point, on the same vein, is I've heard you as well, when specifically um, when you mentioned there about the fairy tales, you also, I've heard you mention the, the flood event is a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if you're aware, but over the last 10 years, there's been some amazing papers published regarding the, uh, I'm trying to think, the, I can't remember specifically who wrote it, but there was a paper published, I think it was in 2014, regarding there was a, um, an asteroid impact in northern Canada just before the Ice Age. And it basically, what the, the, the geologists and the astrophysicists are now kind of trying to get around to the fact saying, well, because of this event, it caused a massive uh, glacial ice melt that affected... Uh, glacial valleys and sorry, river flood valleys all the way down through into the. Uh, the Bible uh, says that, the Bible says that the uh, global flood uh, raised the uh, water level so high that all the highest mountains on Earth were completely covered uh, all the way up to the top. That didn't happen. No, I understand, understand the dogma regarding that, but uh-huh. I'm talking about from like a historical point of view, especially when you look at the, the, I'm trying to think the right word here. When you look at the, the ancient stories involved in, like, say, the North American Indians, the Mayans, where they mention in their myths about their global flood events, um, also, you can trace it yeah, but all the way to the African East. <laughs> look, look African East. China had a thriving civilization very far removed from that part of the world while the, glo- while the global flood was go- supposedly going on and everybody on Earth died except eight people. That didn't happen. There wasn't an interruption well, in Chinese thing, history. The other thing to note is Joseph Campbell... Well, well, guys, guys, you may I should state out... I don't class myself as a theist. I also don't class okay. myself as an atheist. I class myself as an enlightenment. I, I don't care what you classify that. yourself as. <laughs> yeah. You're trying to support the notion that there was a global flood and it wasn't a myth. So you're no, wrong. No, no, you misunderstood. I'm talking about there was a flood event that affected the peoples of the time. Okay. Now, over the course of history, as you know, it's like a game of Chinese whispers. Yeah. You can get an actual event. Pass it through word of mouth. At the time, because there was no really a uh, written or like categorized um, okay. account of the events. But you know, I, I, myths, I just, myths can yeah. still be based on real events. That doesn't mean they're okay. not myths. But there's a much easier explanation for this. Joseph right. Campbell has talked about flood mythology, and he said that if you look it up, it's generally 
um, peoples who live near waterways that have mm-hmm. flood mythologies. It's not, it's not rocket science. If you live near water, yeah, especially do. water that yeah, is prone to flood, you'll have a flood myth. But the point I'm trying to is this impact. I mean, are you aware of the geological uh, area known in northern Europe between the east coast of Britain and the west coast of Europe, Doggerland? No. So what? Do- okay. There was an area called Doggerland. It's oh. basically now under the North Sea. Okay. And? Right. Now, again, the scientific papers state that there was a global flood. Sorry, I said that wrong. I shouldn't have said that. There was a major flood event that basically... A major local flood event. Sorry? A major local flood event. I mean, those well, happen. Yeah, but at the time, the North Sea is still an open uh, part of the Atlantic Ocean. It's, okay. Uh, if you look at the geological content I'm talking about, this area was basically flooded. Now, geologists, again, and paleontologists have been dragging up pots, uh, mastodon bones, Neanderthal artifacts, and they basically say this area was flooded in a matter of days. Now, if you take into consideration some of these geological impacts that have happened that are now just coming to light, don't you think it's about time that atheists in general sat down and just went, OK, we need to start seriously looking at this and tying it up? Because I believe it would actually help the feasts and understanding the peoples. Again, I honestly believe that... Uh, I don't have a problem with that. No, I, I don't disagree that there are elements of real culture that can be mined out of the Bible. I don't necessarily think that the Bible is a better source of uh, of information than other things that were written at the same time. It's like your Spider-Man in New York. Yeah. New I, York I is mean, real. Well, he's not going to like that because he well, doesn't but no, like but what analogies. What I'm saying is <laughs> you, have, you have used the analogy where there's real things. Right. That you've got, you can have real things mixed in with elements of, you know, surreal. Exactly. That's the point I'm trying to get across. Okay, but you yeah, haven't, you, you're not saying anything I, I don't agree with. I'm just trying to say that people who take the entire Bible as uh, information about events that really happen are wrong because there's stuff in the Bible that didn't happen and could not have happened. And so the Bible is not an authoritative source on information of what happened back then. It may happen to contain true information here and there. And we also don't have a way to demonstrate that they were talking about some I guess, asteroid that hit and melted the ice. I mean, their, their history only, you know, declares to go back about six, six to 10,000 years yeah. is when they're <laughs> dating it. So unless this thing happened like 10,000 years prior, it, it probably wasn't them referring to some really, really ancient event. Well, again, right, I don't know. Do you know the work of Dr. Graham Hancock? No. Right. Uh, I recommend you check out his stuff. Basically, to give you a context to him, but, I mean, what's the point? It, yeah. what, what is your point? What are you trying to tell well, us that we don't already we go back believe? and look at the historical record and try uh-huh. and tie up biblical and even other religious events to actually things that happened that affected the people of the time that were so traumatic where it indentured their brain with these, like, um, I'm trying to look for the word here, that indentured their brain with these, like, Basically, like scary tactics to for them to rationalise to bring God into the picture so they could explain what was happening. So, when you, for instance, okay. again, Dr. Graham Hancock. Now, when you look at the pyramids, 
the Bible tells us Joseph, um, the Joseph effect with him and how the pharaohs built the pyramids. But when you actually send technical people to look at it, and they've done it for the last 300 years. For instance, did you know that Sir Isaac Newton uh, sent quite a few of his um, students over a period or something, I think it was over 15 years, to go and study in mathematics. Okay. Sorry, mathematics. I'm still trying to figure yeah, out I, what I, your point I'm is, I'm trying to though. figure out why we should care. Like, yeah. let's say that, that the uh, biblical so flood... In what the, the people's that came before us were actually doing it at the time. <laughs> but they weren't. I mean, what the story tells, the, the biblical flood story is not telling the event of an asteroid that melted the <laughs> the the ice caps or whatever. Now, the point I'm trying to get across, physical events can affect people's minds. I know they that. They, they, a lot of stories are the result. To cover it. And so they invent theistic um, excuses or okay. Yes, they do. Animism yeah. is is inventing okay. sort of, you know uh, supernatural explanations for all kinds of natural things. But the way the story is uh, are told in the Bible, it's still appropriate to call them myths. Right. I mean, agree? they had Zeus throwing thunderbolts. From the fierce point of view, yes. But when you look at the physical evidence that's now coming forward, for instance, um, look at all the the sunken cities that's now appearing all over the world. You have one showing up in India. And are you, are you saying that you could, people could have used the Bible to predict those things, or what? Like what? No, 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 what? no. Again, you're, you're not you're not getting the point that I'm trying to say. Well, you're not making a point. Just now moved that forward. We were actually beginning to discover mythical. For instance, look at Troy. Up until Troy was discovered, ask any paleontologist historian. Troy was a myth. Troy was a myth. Troy was a myth. Then when it was found. I can't okay. remember the German. Sure, I once you have evidence to support something, then it's time to believe it, okay? I yeah. understand that. Well, we agree. Right, so, right, so if you look now at the stuff, I mean, you have stuff like Yon, the Yonagomi Monument in Japan. You have the the structures okay. that are now... Wait, built. we have and Zeus. Why? Wait, we've got Zeus throwing thunderbolts. I believe in thunderbolts, right? I've seen them. So I've seen lightning, I've seen thunder. I know that Zeus is a myth to explain lightning and thunder. So now we agree. So what is the point? What am I supposed to take away from Zeus as the myth behind lightning and thunder? Well, again, you're changing the subject. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm we talking are. About We're talking about real events affecting mythologies. No, I'm talking about real events affecting the people who then try, who can't understand it at the time through limited science. Okay, that's yes, Zeus throwing that. a thunderbolt. So what? So what? That's, so you're dismissing all these archaeological things. For instance, go get... Go get no, no, no. Go I'm get, not smashing get, anything. I'm just trying to decide what you're objecting to about what I'm, what we say. Sorry? I'm just I'm trying to figure out what you objected to about what we say. Geological stuff that, uh, sorry, geological evidence that's now coming forward. Uh-huh. Right? It doesn't and? support the Bible, but it's, it gives a reason for the people of the Bible to act the way they did. Okay. Thank you for the updates. Yeah. All right, I'm moving on. Thank you. Because I, I still don't know what what just happened. Yeah. I okay. Just, I, I've wasted my. Life. I want to apologize to the other viewers. <laughs> sorry, I'm so guys. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know what that was. Uh, we have one more theist on the line right now, yeah. but I'm gonna. Uh, uh, Take the uh, person who's been on the on hold the longest okay. instead. All right, we'll skip back. Uh, 
<laughs> just to <laughs> lower my blood pressure. You're hoping. Make Colin. It. <laughs> Come on, Colin. Colin in California. It's all on you. <laughs> hey, Russell. Hey, Tracy. I just hey. want to thank you guys for having How me you on doing? the show. Yeah, please be reasonable. Um, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I have a... I have two questions for you guys, um, one of which is probably not on your screen, so I'm going to ask the second one, which would be, um, first off, are you guys meat eaters? Do you guys eat meat? Yep, and here we go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to be this type of person. I'm just uh, curious as to why you haven't maybe gone vegan or considered it. Why have, why have, I guess you have? You're asking me why I haven't done something. Yeah. That's an odd question. Well, um, I mean, earlier in the show, you were um, talking about consent. And yeah. you know, I, I view that uh, animals <clears throat> haven't really... I do not put Sorry, all animals, yeah, animals in the yeah. same in the same category of uh, of sentience and having rights as uh, as my fellow human beings. Although I understand that reasonable people disagree about this, but from my personal philosophy, uh, I wouldn't eat a person, and I probably wouldn't eat something cute. Although yeah. that's uh, that may be my personal yeah. prejudice. Uh, but I don't have a problem yeah. eating cows and chickens. And I feel like I'm a member of a social um, species, and like all social species, I draw distinctions between my own species and other species, just like any other animal. I don't view I myself mean, as above other animals. I view myself as an animal. Well, I mean, as above another animal, I mean, I feel like... No, I don't view um, myself that way. I don't know, like that... Oh, I see. Um, well, I don't know. I just view that these animals haven't really given us consent. Right. And a rabbit doesn't give consent to be eaten by a coyote. And yet that's social species. Don't they, they treat each other. Coyotes don't treat each other like they do prey animals. That's like a normal social species distinction. Right. For, for me, know, it, just, it comes down analogy... a lot to level of sentience. I mean, if I were to run into an alien species that had the uh, that had thoughts and philosophies and the ability to communicate with me, I would probably not uh, not kill them for me. Yeah, the idea would be, though, that you are able to integrate with them in a social way that is right. constructive, that I can actually um, interplay with you in a way that, that creates a society that is beneficial to everybody's survival. Um, when, when other species are not lending that, they become... Uh, to anybody that is concerned about yeah. their own survival, somehow less important than than their own species, or at least, like I said, if it depends on if, how you prioritize your own survival. Right, and I hate to say this, but we've had this conversation before, and yeah, it tends to be really tangential to atheism. And I think this may be an agree to disagree situation where you might want to consider uh, switching to another point because we're we're not going to sure. let this take sure, up no the entire rest of the show. <laughs> I completely Although understand. Although we are going to um, get so, yeah, a bunch of emails about it. <laughs> sure. So agree to disagree. Um, my second question is more just curiosity. I've heard Matt talk about in the past the, um, the ability to not really know something with an absolute certainty. Can you guys just go into a little more detail? Because I'm a little confused about that. I think that ties back to something called solipsism. Um, well, well, there's an no. I, I I do. I think that it starts from the point that you you know, I think therefore I am, right? So you know that you are because you experience 
yourself, uh, everything that you experience. But beyond that, uh, there really isn't a way to know with a certainty that what you're experiencing is what you is what you believe you experience. Yeah, but I think more specifically, I think we always talk a lot about how, uh, you know, even in the best case scenario, all science is tentative and we uh, have sort of a limited understanding of the world and we may agree on things with more or less amounts of confidence. But it's always possible that the right evidence could come along and completely... Uh, yeah. uh, change right. so basic the, things that we think. The fact that I think, the, the reason that I would say, like, it's a fact that this table is in front of me. Right. Well, that could be not a fact. I mean, it's it's a fact for all How I know, I... right? For all I know. And that's what we're all kind of saying. When we, when we say that we know something, when we say that something's a fact, what we're saying is, for all I know, this, this appears to me to be reality. That's right. what it means to you. So, like, just to clarify, you could, you're saying that, like, maybe we're just living in a matrix and that table doesn't... Well, I'm not saying I don't that say maybe I believe are, it, but I'm, I'm saying, saying that, you know, out. if something came along and showed me that I was, I would have to acknowledge it, right? I mean, I'm just saying that I know what I know, but it's contingent on the things that I believe to be true. Right. I, I watch The Matrix and I'm like, you know, <laughs> haha, that's a super cool movie yeah. and I, I love the kung fu and stuff. Obviously, it has a ton of plot holes and uh, and humans will be work as batteries and so on. The question to ask yourself... But, well, go ahead, I'm sorry. But, uh, you know, I don't take The Matrix seriously as philosophy, but if tomorrow Morpheus wakes up and says, guess what, you know that movie The Matrix? That's how it really is. I'm going to have to readjust my thinking. I mean, I don't think we're living in the matrix, but that conclusion to some extent is yeah. tentative. But your brain states are what you're <clears throat> going to experience, right? I mean, it's possible to alter people's memories. It's possible to um, actually implant memories in, into people. And it's it's... If there are people that experience a reality that the rest of us do not, people that that experience like psychosis or people that experience schizophrenic episodes where they're hearing voices or seeing things, and have difficulty differentiating between what's real and and what what we would what we would consider a consensus reality versus what they experience, and so the idea of what's going on, what you experience is is all just process in your brain. I mean that's that's really what it amounts to. Um, and there's all kinds of, like, you were talking about other species. There are other species that actually visually see things in a different way, or species that echolocate, or, you know, they're experiencing, like, very different realities. Now, those things should converge on what would be, um, a consensus reality. They don't, they don't violate my reality. The fact that a, that a bat can echolocate doesn't uh, negate what I experience, but it does experience something I don't. Um, but at the same time, you know, a person who's deaf isn't going to experience sound. And, and this is because of the way your body is interacting and bringing in information to your brain. But the question becomes how, you know, basically you're trusting your brain to be interpreting what's real and giving you feedback that, that you can rely on. The most you can really say about it is that you do experience, or at least you think you do, I guess, 
Because who knows? There's that question of what if uh, what if all of your memories were just put into you five seconds ago? Mm-hmm. You know, you know. So I can't even say that it, you experience a consistent reality. It seems that I do, right? I believe that I'm talking to you on the phone right now, but do I know that? You, all of this could be undermined by just the thought that I don't that that anything or everything that I'm experiencing isn't really reality. Now, the problem is you have to work from something, right? You have to go start from somewhere. And so you start from what you do experience because what choice do you have? I can't start from what I don't experience. I can't start from what I don't know. So you have to start from what you're presented with and what manifests to you. So I completely... Def, like, I don't, not defer, but sub- subjugate, I guess, to that. I say, I understand that this is a necessary step in proceeding with any sort of reasonable existence, um, because I have no options here. Does that make any sense? Hello? <laughs> no, we lost him. You're kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know we were really talking to him on the How phone? How do you know we lost him? <laughs> he might still be there. I don't know. No, but the line is not lit up anymore. No. So, um, you trust your All right. Uh, Forrest in Seattle. Hello. Hello. Hi. I'm here to lower your blood pressure. I promise I'm not going to push any idea on y'all. <laughs> I'm going to stay skeptical, but what's up? Um, it's, uh, thanks for inviting me on. It's, uh, been a real nostalgia trip. Uh, I, I've been in, I was an atheist for about 20 years, um, and I'm 20 now. So, you know, the whole what? of my life. Oh, uh, but wait, it's, so you it's just stopped on. being an atheist? Just like yeah. recently? Okay. Yeah, pretty recently. Um, but I'm, well, I'm not what, really going to talk about that. Well, real um, quick, because, what changed your mind? Uh, I was really – I didn't like a lot of the ideas. They seemed very facile that other atheists in uh, forum boards and discussion questions and stuff were putting forwards. Uh, they seem not to have a real understanding of historically what religion has meant to people. Well, um, well yeah, religion means a lot to people. But did you decide that there's a god? <laughs> no, I, I didn't. I'm but unsure on the you're... question of the subject. Wait, so you don't believe I mean, in God still? Like, well, they identified you as theist. Well, yeah, I, I would qualify myself as a theist. Yeah, I mean, then you, you believe a God, God exists. Let's not talk the classification thing, okay. you know. Well, yeah, but you got to the top of the that's list. A, that's a weird <laughs> use of the word theist. Yeah, I don't so. believe in God, but I'm I believe, a theist. Uh, no, no, okay. I believe in God in the sense that I believe the vast majority of Christians and most religious people throughout uh, the history. Like, I'm not a biblical literalist. Is okay, but you believe there yeah. is some well, kind would, of intelligence. Yeah, that would be not a fundamentalist. Yes. Why? Okay, that's a god. I mean, all right. I'll, I'll well, let's that. get to your question. Well, a god. Yeah, I, I was more interested. And again, thank you so much for having me on. In a lot of sure. the subjects you brought up during the first 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I was just wondering, because I do still consider myself a skeptic. I know y'all might not want to take that seriously, and I totally sympathize with that. But um, y'all brought up fake news, which is something, as a journalist, I work for my uh, university student newspaper ah. at the University of Washington. 
Uh, people have been talking about fake news more and more, and I've been wondering um, how seriously y'all take that, because if you look at the Google Trends for that, it, people have very recently, the topic of fake news has shot up really, really quickly, and I almost uh, feel like it's sort of a defensive measure. No, I, th- I think the no. uh, uh, commonness of fake news has shot up because the way that people get their information uh, has changed a lot. And I say this as, I, I, I mean, yeah. I'm, an, I'm not a journalism student, but I was a computer science student and social media right. has always been really interesting to me. And the thing is that uh, uh, people get their information uh, in a much different way that has uh, much less of a filter than it used to. Um that's very true, and looking for different sources of information like this show is, of course. Right, but I mean, on this show, we would never claim to, like, I don't think that people should take us as authorities on things that we talk about, because uh, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but as a, well, as a journalism ways, student, you probably uh, recognize that uh, there's a certain amount of investigation and fact-checking that goes into a a typical story, hopefully, if you work on for yeah. an organization that cares about putting out accurate information. And there are a lot of organizations that seem to be uh, becoming more prominent because they are profitable and because they appeal to people, but they actually don't care even a little bit about fact-checking their information. And I think that matters. And and it's not that those those types of people never existed before. It's just that because of the way that technology is structured now, uh, it's more visible to people and it's more profitable. And so they can afford to get some big organization going easier than they used to. Right? What? Did we lose it? No, Is there a problem on. with the phone lines? Ugh. Come on, seriously. Uh, yeah, it says ringing on that line. Uh, shoot. Uh, so, Forrest, call back if you can, and uh, call screeners. Try to keep some lines free for him in case he calls back. Darn it. Um, Kevin? Hey, guys. No, wait. What do you mean, no, wait? did Kevin get to the front of the line? I don't I, know. I'm sorry. There's Kevin. I'm sorry. Tell me back to the end okay. of the line. I, I already said that I don't want to spend the whole show uh, talking about vegetarianism, and I, it looks like you are making an argument against vegetarianism, but that's also off topic. Sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Feel, feel free to post to the blog if you want to. Yeah. I mean, it's got, right. you know, there's a thread there if you want to go off. com slash AXP. Off topic. Sorry, I have spoken. Uh, what's next? I don't know if I should just be going in order now. Okay, Dan. I don't even know. Uh, hi. Hello? Hello? Uh, can you guys hear me all right? Yes, we can. Yeah. What's on your mind? Okay. So, um... Yeah, I'm an atheist, and I've been an atheist for a few years now. And, um, you know, I've been keeping up with uh, the, you know, uh, real atheology on Facebook and YouTube. Are are you guys familiar with that? 
I've heard of it. I can't remember which of the uh, sources it is. Uh, uh, Justin Sheever. Uh, oh, yeah. That. Justin Sheever is great. Uh, uh, philosophy student. He also does um, that podcast, uh, Reasonable Doubts. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, follow Justin Sheever. We follow each other, so... All right, all right. So yeah, uh, real archaeology is, you know, he's one of the people in charge of that. So, but any, anyway, um, okay. My question. So you know, I've been keeping up with, you know, real archaeology and what you know, uh, you know, atheist and quote unquote naturalist philosophers have to say today, and um, you know, I've noticed that. You know, a lot of atheists and so-called naturalist philosophers today, uh, they believe in uh, immaterial stuff and, you know, just uh, they believe in, they have, they believe in things that I wouldn't consider natural. And um, yeah, which makes me think of them as like, okay, you call yourself a naturalist, but I don't really think of you as a real naturalist here. I don't. I don't see how a naturalist can can believe in that sort of nonsense. But anyway, um, okay. So, yeah. My question to you, um, to you guys, is like, do any of you believe in any immaterial, uh, non-material spiritual stuff, or or not? I like to think I don't, but you know, who knows? Maybe there's something back there that I haven't discovered yet. But I would say, uh, in general, I would tend to say no. Right. I, I mean, uh, I believe in things which are not themselves physical stuff, but expressed through a physical medium, like music. Uh, so, I mean, uh, uh, Bach's B minor Mass is a piece of music that is that is sort of conceptual, and you can play it on different instruments or or record it on different objects. But I mean, <laughs> so. It's a pattern which can be expressed through physical objects, uh, but I'm pretty sure yeah. that's not what you mean. Yeah, no, 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 because, like, sound is a completely physical phenomenon. <laughs> I mean, well. <laughs> like, there's nothing I, ghosty about that. Right, but, I mean, you get into the, I don't know if we want to get off into this topic. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah. why do you ask? Well, well, I mean, I ask because, you know, it seems to me that, you know, that there are atheists who believe in immaterial stuff, you know. Like what? I mean, I've had, like, you know, um, you know, okay, so one time I was at Real Atheology, you know, you know, and, the, and looking at the comments section and, you know, seeing, like, you know, these so-called atheists saying that they believe like the loss of logic are immaterial, you know, and they, um, they believe in abstract objects that, you know, transcend space time, but don't really interact with space time. Like they're not in a causal relationship with, you know, the physical universe. So have, yeah, that's why I asked. Um, I actually think that uh, uh, the Justin Schieber, at least from what I've heard on uh, 
reasonable doubts uh, would not be so quick to call the laws of logic um, material as such. I think they're, but uh, I mean, are you criticizing what he, what you heard on real atheology specifically or what? Yeah. Well, yeah, I've heard it on real atheology and I've heard it from Pius, you know, like, you know, during that debate between Matt Billhoney and Matt Flick, mm-hmm. you know, Matt Flick talks about the laws of logic being immaterial, and that just sounds like nonsense to me. Like, it makes me think, like, are you being serious? Do you seriously <laughs> believe that stuff? Do you seriously believe what you're saying? I mean, I think you want to be careful when it comes to presuppositional apologetics because a lot of atheists home in on, I know exactly what the problem is with it, and they're wrong. Like, it's, uh, you know, it's not that this stuff is necessarily well-defined, but there is a robust body of philosophy that people have been writing as they grapple with this concept for hundreds of years. Like, what is logic and what is math itself? Right. Uh, and and to try to boil it down to physical processes is, I think, uh, trivializing it in a way. But I don't know that we... Uh, <laughs> can get all that deep and i'm certainly not a philosopher myself but uh you know i would tend to defer to uh what credit what uh, a lot of philosophers i know think so i mean if you think that's obviously wrong then i think it's possible you haven't thought hard enough about it no i've thought hard enough about it (laughs) but i i still think like that idea is completely insane. And <laughs> well, I can't believe you're going to make me sound like Cy Ten Bruggen, Kate. But you can't have like a cup of logic, right? I, I mean, what right. does it mean to say that logic would be a physical uh, thing? Well, you know, um, okay. So you know, when I think of logic, I think of the laws of logic, right? Uh-huh. You know, uh, these uh, three laws of logic, you know, these three statements. Yeah. Right? Okay. And I I have never ex- uh, ever experienced a non-physical statement. You know, you know well, the kinds of statements. You mean it's always applied to physical things. But that doesn't mean that the uh, – uh, I'm even putting myself to sleep right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, uh, I, I recommend that you check out, uh, like, maybe the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy if you want to uh, uh, go deeper into this topic. Yeah, all right. Well. All right. <laughs> Okay. okay. Well, uh, well, I guess I'm done. <laughs> all right. Thanks for calling. <sighs> I don't know, Tracy. You. I'm not. I'm not ignoring wait. it. I just okay. wanted to look something up. Okay. For well, my own. Should I sanity. take another call or wait? No, you can go ahead. I just, I'm just going to okay. look this up in the background. I'm sorry. I might. I might have kept that call a little longer if we weren't running out of time. But we've got 15 minutes left. And by the way, programming note. Uh, 
for a couple of months, I've been doing a thing at the end where I do a lightning round where everybody who's left on the line is, uh, you know, I just try to take them in a minute or left less. Um, I've gotten feedback on that. I think slightly more negative than positive. Uh, it makes us be kind of douchey to the last remaining callers and puts them under pressure. And maybe it's not so fun to watch. If you think that we should bring back the lightning round, then feel free to email and let me know. But uh, I think if you haven't called in already with 15 minutes to go, uh, we're not going to get to you. Uh, but we are going to get to Dana in Florida. How are you? Hi. Um, I hate to call. Uh, I feel like I'm panicking. And, um, Please don't panic. I always admired my... I always admired my sister because she had such sound faith. You know, I know what I know what I know, and I wanted it too. And I attended theology. I went to the seminary. I studied. Mm-hmm. And I was in mu- the musical ministry, and she was so proud of me. Mm-hmm. And that's all it wanted was to make her proud. And uh, I kept. I start thinking, this is bullshit. Um, I have a dog that I love, and I wouldn't demand that he fear me and love me, or I'm going to kick him for eternity. And uh, I was an atheist towards the end of this while I was, you know, saving souls. And uh, I finally admitted that I was an atheist about seven years ago. But I kept quiet. And I moved 800 miles away. Not because of that, but just, you know, life happens. And um, my sister's at the end stage of her life. And so am I. We we are both suffering from illnesses. And uh, she got word through the grapevine and called me Monday night. And said, uh, uh, are you an atheist? And I said, well, why do you ask? And she said, well, I've heard. And I want you to know you're going to hell. And I don't want to go to heaven without you. And you better get right with God. And uh, I told her, I said, you know, for seven years I've kept quiet about this. While I listen to you, you know, talk about God and you know what you know and everything. And uh, she, uh, she kind of ripped me to shreds, and I just thought, I'm, I, I thought, who can I grab? Who can I grab? And I went online and I found an atheist page, and I was telling them. And uh, I let it slip. I was suicidal at that point. And um, there were about 20 people in there. I mean, they told me to call suicide hotline, and I said, please, if anyone on a hotline tells me they're going to pray for me, I'm taking them out with me. (laughs) And uh, they talked to me and calmed me down. But... uh, Six days have passed, and I'm not suicidal. I'm just so hurt. 
I don't know what to do with it. Well, first of all, you're not alone. There are a lot of people who have been mistreated and abandoned by their families um, because of this topic. So know that uh, there's a whole community of people that relate to what you're describing. Um, I'm sorry for the additional challenges that you're facing on top of this. It just makes it even more Uh egregious to me. Um, yeah, I was what, in a very weakened state when this happened. You know, I, I sure. just don't feel able to stand up and fight back. I'm, sure. One of my worst you know, memories. Fight back. One of my worst memories of fundamentalism <laughs> is of an elderly woman who was dying of cancer who pulled me aside to tell me how afraid she was that she wasn't right with God and how she feared that she would go to hell. Um, she was very, very sweet woman, kind, one of the best people oh, I've ever known in my life, terrified that she was going to die and go to hell. And this is what was bothering her in the last days of her life um, because mm-hmm. religion had put that torture into her head. And I, I gave a talk one time where I mentioned how in religion, what they, especially in these brands of Christianity that are hell believers, they have this idea that Oh, you love the person. Like your sister, you say she called and she said, I, I love you and I want you to be in heaven with me. Right? This is what she's saying. And right. then you say she turned and ripped you to shreds. And yes. one of the things I called out, and this is what happens when people are younger and often having problems with their parents when they end up outed, is that the parents will say, well, we love you and we don't want you to go to hell. We want you to go to heaven. And then they will proceed to to tell the person that they can't tell their siblings what they think or what they believe, that they will not talk about it in that house, that they will continue to go to church, that they will. And they start treating the child like, you know, they don't treat them like somebody that cares. And one of the analogies that I used, I said, you know, suppose that your child came to you and said they had thoughts of suicide. Would you tell them, I don't want you to talk to this about anybody. I don't want you to tell anybody. I don't want anybody to know about this. And I care about you and I love you and I don't want you to die, but you keep your mouth shut about it. And we want, we want you to pretend like you're fine and like you, right. you do, you're not suicidal. That's how we're going to proceed. If they really cared, then they wouldn't act like they act. So this idea that I'm only treating you this way because I love you and I want you to come to heaven with me is not true. Because if you were in a state where it had nothing to do with the religion and you were in some way um, challenged or in danger, they would never say the response is for you to just keep your mouth shut or for you to just snap out of it, right? I mean... You would want to help the person, but it doesn't sound like she was trying to help you. It sounds like she was just trying to threaten and intimidate and scare and guilt you. Yeah. Well, she always admired me so much because I, you know, was a believer and, you know, and um, what on the, when I was writing to these other atheists on this, you know, quick, you know, Facebook kind of thing. I said I should have lied. It's all my fault. I should have said, you know, praise God. No, I'm not atheist. And uh, mm. one of the women uh, that I hold in high regard who told me to call, she said, she said, you, you're, she said, what you're reacting to is the fact you were unfairly set up yeah. because she knew when she called. Yes what your answer was going to be and you were sad i mean it came what do you call it when you just hit upside you were blindsided you were blindsided blindsided. yeah dana um you you know you you asked how you're going to fight back 
And I mean, my well, answer is I, I'm not going to fight back. I got nothing. No. I've got nothing. I mean, you, you don't I, need to change. Well, I mean, defend myself. I don't mean fight I, back. I, sorry, you you did say defend yourself, but what I'm saying is you don't need to do that either. I mean, mm-hmm. the the reason you're hurting right now is, I mean, if a complete stranger said to you <laughs> that sorry. you were going to hell. You might not care as much, but uh, I think you're feeling very sad about the damage uh, of of the relationship with someone that you're close to. Um, I, I, I love her. I, I, she was always my idol, and I tried to follow in her footsteps. Mm-hmm. And... Um, uh, I faked it, you know, I faked it for years, and I yeah. thought, you know, I'll eventually believe this crap. Right. And I never did, I couldn't, but I tried. But, and, uh, should we plug secular therapy? Oh, yeah. Um, do you know it? <laughs> I don't know it offhand, but maybe they can find it and put it up on the screen. But there is a group, if you have access to a computer and to Google, there's a group called mm-hmm. the Secular Therapy Project, and they can try to help get you in touch with a secular therapist with somebody that could talk to you, because it sounds like you could use some some real support. Um, I think that the atheist community is a really, you know, they, often those forums uh, are very supportive. And secular therapy is a, pro, or the Secular Therapist Project is from the Recovering from Religion Foundation, and you can find it at seculartherapy.org. Yeah. I went to something that was recovering from. Uh, okay. This, yeah. This Might be woman it. suggested it, and uh, it was pending, and I applied, and I guess I'm waiting. I don't okay. know, but yeah. in the meantime, well, I just I hated to I hate to bother you right. all. But no, no, just, you're not bothering us. I I mean, I just want to make I'm sure. I'm trying to get out of this emotional horror. Yeah. I mean, the blog too. Um, I suggest as well, Dana, that you go to our blog. Um, I would say go ahead and post a little bit about which caller you were, and I think you'll get a lot of support and feedback there as well. Right. What blog are you talking of? Yeah. of you know uh, the Austin, URL? Texas? Oh, freethoughtblogs.com slash AXP. Um, but I also want to make sure that before you go, you you understand that you are not to blame for the way that your sister thinks of you. Correct. I mean, it's... Uh, it's not your fault that she said those hurtful things to you, uh, and it's not really your fault that you tried to stay in her good graces uh, by hiding what you believe now. Uh, and your the way your sister chose to react to what you told her, this very personal thing, those are her own issues. And I know... Um, it, it hurts to deal with somebody who you're very close to, uh, telling you, telling you off like this, but, uh, that it's not up to you to, uh, to argue with her and prove that you're worth speaking respectfully to, uh, it's up to her to process her own issues and repair the relationship, and she may not. And you can help her and talk to her lovingly uh, and and tell her how you're feeling, uh, 
But you can't make another person treat you the way you want to be treated. And and that's a real shame because you deserve to be treated with compassion and respect. Sure. I asked her, I said, you worship someone who could send your sister to hell forever. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, you, you asked for it. Yeah, you you set yourself right. That's the that's what they always want to say. It's, it's that somehow yeah. you set this up all by yourself, and it wasn't like a system that they. I don't know. It, it's a mess. What religion does to people and gets them gets you know mostly good people to do to other people. Uh, it's reprehensible um, in cases like this, and I, I'm sorry that you are being the victim of something like this. Well, I appreciate that. I, just, yeah. I was trying to keep quiet about it. You know, I, 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 I don't think you should keep quiet. I think you should reach out to as many forums um, and support groups as you can find um, until you find one that you feel really comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and definitely, you know, there are, like I say, there are a lot of people that are going to relate to this story. That if if in in the past, I've heard people say that it gives them a lot of comfort to find other people that share that experience and that can understand them. And I think you can find that in, in a lot of the atheist forums because your experience is very common, unfortunately. I found the understanding that kept me from doing something permanent. It was, uh, I think, Atheist of Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. That's and us. that's where I landed, and that's where I got the help. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, they kept me from doing something permanent. I just can't get rid of this uh, vomiting, you know, urge to vomit over. I think it's going to take a you while. Know. I mean, so things impact us in different ways, and clearly, okay. clearly, this has traumatized you. I mean, you are right. traumatized, and it, it may be a lot to do with your situation because you described that you're having a, facing a lot of other challenges right now like you said you feel like you're in a weakened Very. state and i understand Very. that um th- a lot of times we can hold up to things pretty well and then it, it becomes that last straw in in a pile of stresses that becomes the thing that breaks us so i can handle two or three or four <laughs> yeah, things but yeah. suddenly i'm Carry weak. a lot of straws I mean, and then weak. and then there's the one <clears throat> i understand and Thank you. and so you know Please do reach out to other people. Don't feel like you have to sit there by yourself and, and not express this and not get support. You can definitely um, get support. It's out there. Yeah. Well, secular. You think secular exists in Florida? The Secular Therapy oh. Project? Yeah. In fact, their, yeah. their outreach um, tries to, it'll try, they try to hook you up with uh, therapists that are in your area that can help you. Okay. Okay. All right, thank you. I hope you have time to go to another call. Well, I hope no, uh, we, I hope it gets better for you. Uh, yeah, I I hope you'll be okay. Thank you. I appreciate both of you. Yeah, thank, thank you, you very for much. your call. All right, bye. Goodbye. And uh, we are not doing a lightning round, so that's our show. Oh. <laughs> um, the rest of the people can post at the blog. That's Feel free right. to go to the blog if you'd like or call. try your luck calling in again next yep. week. Or... Uh, you never know what kind of show you're going to get on the yeah. atheist experience. But, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of people have to go through some very difficult times as a result of their non-belief. And I think more than anything else, that's, that's why we want to be here for people. Um, 
So, uh, if you're in Austin, we'll see you at the Star of India in 15 minutes. Uh, And if you're not, uh, see you next week. Bye. This is Russell Glasser, host of The Atheist Experience. You know, The Atheist Experience is made possible by volunteers and the generous support of viewers like you. If the promotion of positive atheist culture and separation of church and state are values that you hold, please consider contributing by becoming an ACA member or visiting our product page at evolvefish.com under the Partner tab. Thank you. From the kids to Aunt Sue. Keep your whole family connected on all their devices with crowd-pleasing gig-speed internet from Xfinity. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit today. Restrictions apply. Actual speed vary and not guaranteed.